أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد by Allah Ta'ala's fadl we have reached the 24th night of of Ramadan any of these nights could be Laylatul Qadr the aqwal of the ulama are different. Some of the ulama held that the Laylatul Qadr will be on a specific and particular day, year after year. And then some of the ulama, they held that the Laylatul Qadr is going to change from time to time and from year to year. And uh, uh, there are aqwal for almost all of these days, for each of the odd nights, for the 24th, uh, and for a number, a number of other nights. And so we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in all of these nights, hoping that we get the fadl and the, the barakah of, 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 of Laylatul Qadr. Um, Laylatul Qadr is, like the Quran mentions, khairun min alfi shahr, better than a thousand months, which comes out to 70 some odd years. Um, and the story about Laylatul Qadr is that the Sahaba ta'ala anhum, when Rasulullah once told them uh, about a man from one of the ummas that came from before, who for 70 some odd years uh, continuously went in jihad fi sabilillah, that by the day he would uh, struggle in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, putting his wealth and his life at risk so that the word of Allah ta'ala could be made supreme. And by night he used to, he used to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, unlike us, if we were to mention something like this at a conference or in uh, you know a masjid run by a board and a committee, People would say, oh, this is really extreme, and I don't know about this guy, maybe he shouldn't give khutbah here anymore, and, you know, brother, we need a moderation in the, you know, we need a moderation, moderate, you know, enlightened one. And uh, uh, we do need moderation, and we do need enlightenment, but moderation is um, in matters of dunya and matters of indulgence. When it comes to the haq, then uh, a person who wishes to moderate um, that which is pure and unadulterated goodness uh, that person is only one who has uh, no spine or no backbone or no love for Allah and, and uh, His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so, you know, you don't say to someone, let's have justice in moderation. Don't be fair every day. Pick a day to be unfair. This type of uh, talk is a sign of a very weak and a very collapsed uh, uh, intellect. And so the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, who were people who were Salim al-Fitrah, they're people of sound disposition, their aboriginal uh, uh, nature, their human nature, uh, organic human nature was unbroken. Rather, it was very strong and powerful. When they heard this story of a man who served the Lord for 70 some odd years uh, um, with the best worship by day and the best worship by night, that he went out in the path of Allah Ta'ala every day by day, and then he worshipped Allah Ta'ala every night uh, uh, making tahajjud and, and, and entreating the Lord uh, in the hours where the rest of the creation is sleeping. They felt uh, a type of uh, curiosity and a type of attraction to, uh, uh, to this person's uh, life and lifestyle. And they wished that they could have it as well. And so they expressed to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, a type of a type of uh, um, longing that would it be that our lives were long enough we probably won't even live uh, to be 50 or 60 
uh, lifespans in those days and even in these days, mashallah with the mashallah cholesterol and uh, clogged arteries of the ummah, uh, even in these days people usually won't, won't live that long total, much less uh, as an adult and as a person who has some sort of spiritual awareness. And so they said we would that our lifespans uh, have been written so long that we could have been in such long service, uh, uh, in, in deep connection and communion with the Lord. And uh, it was after that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدْرِ That indeed we sent it down in Laylatul Qadr, وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ That the Qur'an was sent from the, from the lawh mahfuz to the sama' dunya uh, uh, to, uh, that Allah Ta'ala sent the, the Qur'an, a, a sacred transcript was copied from the uh, preserved tablet in the highest of the heavens and then carried by Sayyidina Jibreel into this lowest realm uh, from which he would ferry its, its verses back and forth to the heart of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, over the course of 23 years. That we sent it down on this night, on this Laylatul Qadr. And what will explain to you, what will make you understand what Laylatul Qadr is. Laylatul Qadri Khairum min Alfi Shahr that, that Laylatul Qadr is better than a thousand months. Tanazulul Malaikatu wa Ruhu fiha bi idni rabbihim in kulli amr that the, 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 the angels and the spirits will come down um, and bear witness to every good deed that a person uh, does and Salamun Hatta Salamun Hiya Hatta Matala al Fajr that tranquility and wholeness uh, and safety will be uh, Will will preside over uh, over the creation until the break of dawn in that night, and so Allah Taala chose that night, which was a night of of special um, of special uh, importance anyway, because of the uh, because of the coming of the the that transcript of the book of Allah Taala from the loh mahfuz, the protected tablet in the highest of the heavens, into uh, um, into this lowest of realms. Uh, and the amount of barakah that it brought with it uh, was a, a blessing that became the vehicle for the the answering of the the, the prayers of the hearts of the companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum. May Allah ta'ala be pleased with them. That they longed to be able to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a way that uh, was impossible for them given their short lives and the short lives of the people of this ummah. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them and gave us such a night in which in that one night Allah ta'ala would accept from us like he uh, 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 like he accepted from that warrior, uh, 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 that warrior in the path of Allah Taala, uh, who uh, uh, struggled with his life and his property by day, in order that the word of Allah Taala be made supreme, and by nights uh, spent his nights in communion with the Lord in his remembrance and in prayer. Um, that 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 we could get that from every Laylatul Qadr, and who knows how many Laylatul Qadrs uh, the Ummah would get. And that a person of the ummah may get it every every single year. A person prays five times a day at any rate. So even the farth prayer, getting the reward of praying it for a thousand months, is a big deal. It's not a small. It's not a small matter. This is one of the things that my sheikh told me. He said that that make sure that you at least try to pray maghrib, isha, and fajr in the masjid uh, every day if you're able to, uh, because you don't know. Maybe the laylatul qadr. Some of the ulama say it actually moves around not just in the month of Ramadan. Although it's a weaker opinion, but some of them said that it may move around even outside of Ramadan as well. Uh, so in case, just so that you uh, get that Laylatul Qadr and you're praying your Salat in the Masjid. Um, and, and, and you know this is something that, that, that the Ummah, it's a great blessing that Allah gave. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, يَفْعَلُ ma yurid, فَعَلُ لِمَا يُرِيدُ He does whatever He wants. And this is a great blessing being in the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that you see the deck is so much stacked against us. We're the, one who's, we're the ones who are going to have to face the Dajjal. We're going to have to face the, the Masih Dajjal, the Antichrist. We're the ones who are going to have to see all this destruction and desolation. We're the ones who are going to have to hold up the flag of Tawheed until the end of time. That a time will come where people are going to call us names because we don't accept that a man can marry a man or a woman can marry a woman. They're going to call us names because we say there's only one God and there's no God except for Him. They're going to call us names because we only uh, insist on eating what is clean and pure. And we only insist on dressing in a clean way and in a pure way. And we only insist on on, on behaving uh, in a pure way, uh, where uh, one day the upper hand will be of those people who are you know who are the the, the ones that take the 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 lifestyle and the philosophy of the qom of Lut alayhi salam to an extreme. And the qom of Lut are those people who said what is akhriju. That, that this Lut and his people kick them out of your city. Get, the, get rid of them. Get, tell them to get lost. They are a people who, uh, because they are people who like to purify themselves and clean themselves. So you see already the Kufar have started, uh, have started doing what? They've started banning the hijab. They've started banning the niqab. They've started forcing... Uh, uh, forcing uh, the education of their uh, perversions of the fitrah on children. Why? The reason they're forcing it is because they're the ones who came up with this idea, uh, or at least they want to pretend that they're the ones who came up with this idea of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of expression. Um, But in the face of Islam, uh, uh, Islam is like the touchstone that shows what's real and what's not, what's fake. So there are certain people in Jahiliyyah, they were brigands and robbers, but Allah, saw, Allah Ta'ala saw good in their hearts. So like Abu Dhar al-Ghifari, that brigand and robber, or like Fudayl bin Iyad, that, 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 that brigand and that robber became a wali of Allah Ta'ala, became people who reached the highest levels of sainthood. Uh, and on the flip side, there are people like Abu, Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl, his nickname before uh, Islam came wasn't Abu Jahl. His nickname was Abu Hakam because he considered himself to be a very wise person and he, consi- he was considered to be very generous and very intelligent. And when the Prophet ﷺ came with the truth, the uh, uh, sickness that he hid inside of his heart from the people, Allah Ta'ala caused it to spill out and be shown in front of all people. And so the people who say, oh, you know, like uh, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, etc., etc., those are the ones that, uh, those are the ones now that are uh, basically have made it open field day to even ban uh, uh, the way Muslims dress or the way the Muslims speak and uh, 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 what they teach their children and force their ideas on, on the children while, uh, you know, championing, uh, you know, whatever democracy and uh, all of these other things. It's democracy for people that they agree with and it's, uh, uh, it's, it's dictatorship for uh, those who uh, agree with Islam and with the deen. And even though this is a very frustrating political reality, uh, that many Muslims uh, feel angst about. Don't feel angst about it. Allah Ta'ala is the one who, in whose hands, you know, Allah Ta'ala, it's in His hands that kingship and power and rule and victory and all of these things uh, come and go. And He's the one who chooses things to be the way that they are. Um, but it, it, should, it should comfort the Muslims 
uh, comfort that is more than the comfort of political power, that the ideas of Islam are so strong that uh, uh, given uh, free speech and given freedom of religion and given a level playing field of, of competition, even those people who hate the Islam the most have essentially conceded that they're not going to be able to win. Uh, and so we're in this time that we have to face down all of these. Uh, we have to face down all of these challenges. And we may say, well, Banu Israel had so many dozens of prophets and uh, the people before us, they didn't have, you know, Facebook and, and smartphones and YouTube videos and taxes and all of these other things we have to deal with. You know, they lived in a world that was much simpler than ours. If they wanted to be pious, it was easier for them to be pious. You know, even if a person wanted to in the old days, if, you know, if you didn't want to... Uh, live with people, you could go out and, you know, make a house in the forest or out in the desert and more or less essentially no one would bother you. And that, that time is now over. That age is over. And the, the en enmity uh, of the people of Batil toward Deen is going to essentially just increase until the end of time. And Allah Ta'ala will give them the upper hand to see what their, you know, what the extent of their, the, the, the poison inside of their hearts is eventually. Although it's not necessary that the Dajjal is going to happen tomorrow, but even if uh, Allah Ta'ala gives, uh, uh, gives tawfiq to some part of this ummah uh, to stand up for itself before that time, uh, even then eventually everything is headed toward that. But remember with a great challenge also comes great help. And the ummah of the Prophet ﷺ, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how much difficulty there is, no matter how much the deck is stacked against it, no matter how uh, uh, how many its enemies are, no matter what part of its uh, uh, what part of its uh, life cycle you happen to be in, even if you are under the sword of the Dajjal himself, uh, um, figuratively or literally, uh, this ummah is. A gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it, that gift is superior to all other umam. So much so to the point that uh, it said that Sayyidina Musa salam was shown this ummah uh, and how, how uh, wondrous it's going to be and what the blessings of Allah ta'ala will be upon it. And uh, he asked Allah Ta'ala that, can I be part of this ummah? And Allah Ta'ala told him, no, that you'll be a Nabi and you'll have your own great ummah that you will lead and that, you, that will follow you. Uh, so imagine that even if Sayyidina Musa salam, whose mention comes in the Quran so much, uh, so much more than the mention of any other prophet, uh, if he wished to be part of this ummah uh, rather than to take the mansib of Nubuwa, uh, then imagine what the, what the, the fadl of Allah Ta'ala and the immense grace and immense blessings on this ummah are. That the people of this ummah, uh, uh, the people of this ummah, um, you know, who has a greater blessing? The one who actually had to put in the 70 years of, of, of struggle in order to get the reward or the one who gets it every year again and again and again because Allah Ta'ala loved, loved this ummah and loved the prophet of this ummah and loved the Nabi of this ummah. Uh, and that's Allah Ta'ala's fa'alu lima yurid. He, he does whatever he wants. La yus'alu amma yaf'alu wa hum yus'alun. He is not to be asked for what he does, why he does it, uh, even though the creation, all of them will be asked. Uh, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of them, uh, he has the right to question. Uh, and just like it's uh, bad for the Salik and wrong for the Salik to uh, the, 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 the traveler on the spiritual path to Allah ta'ala for them to say, why me? Why did Allah give me this difficulty or that difficulty? Just like that, it's also wrong for the Salik to question, why did Allah give me this gift? Rather, if the king gives you a gift, just close your mouth and take it. If you want to say anything, then say thank you. Say alhamdulillah and, and show thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that he can increase you uh, and he can increase uh, all of us in 
the gift that He gave us. Uh, and so these things are, are, are a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should be avid for looking for them. And so the, one of the points I wanted to make is, imagine, you know, a person, if they hit the jackpot, they're doing all the, uh, all the ibadah and recitation of the Qur'an and dhikr of Allah ta'ala, and, and they hit Laylatul Qadr, what a great blessing it would be. We should question ourselves. You know, what if Laylatul Qadr, we could choose any night of the year and say, Ya Allah, this night I want it to count as Laylatul Qadr. Would we still have something to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's worthy of showing Him? Or would it still be the same, uh, the same you know, concern about money, same concern about uh, fulfilling carnal desires, same concern about this person said this to me, that person said the other thing to me, the concern about the nafs and the concern about all of these other things. Remember that the person who says La ilaha illallah, Allah ta'ala is with you. Which means what? That if you're a mouse in the, in the jungle, there are snakes, there are elephants, there are leopards and tigers. If you're a mouse, you have no chance whatsoever. You should be scared. All of us are less than mice uh, in the jungle of existence. But when the, the lion is standing behind you and says, don't fear my friend, uh, I'm with you then all of a sudden that same mouse will uh, have a newfound sense of confidence and a newfound uh, sense of, uh, of, of, of protection and will be able to go about doing uh, what he wishes to uh, uh, in, in the day without, uh, without the crippling amount of fear and without the mindset that completely hobbles uh, a person's confidence or, or ability to even try to do anything for, its, for itself or for its own benefit. Um, and brothers and sisters, the idea is what? is that we're, we're even weaker than that mouse. But Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent behind us this entire Mubarak Silsila. All of these people, all of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, starting from our elders who are still alive, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them long life and put barakah in their mujahadat and in their struggles and in their sacrifices and their duas and in their prayers. Uh, going back to their mashayikh and their mashayikh before them, the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people incredible, incredible patience and incredible uh, uh, spiritual uh, power and incredible uh, insight, incredible intelli intelligence, incredible amounts of love that they brought with them. Uh, you know, one person that might outweigh another million people uh, with the, 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 the blessings Allah gave them inside their minds and inside of their hearts. And all of them go back to the fraternity of the companions. May Allah Ta'ala be pleased with them. Uh, uh, and all of that goes back to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who is the, the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved and for whose sake Allah ta'ala created the heavens and the earth. Allah ta'ala says, I didn't create the heavens or the earth, except for, or the, sorry, the mankind or the jinn, except for to worship me. And in as much as every Muslim has to, as a point of, of aqidah and a point of creed uh, and belief, uh, admit that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa was the perfection of the the, the, the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is uh, the locus and the focus of, of, of why, the, uh, why the mankind and the uh, uh, creation exists. Because mankind exists and the creation is there to serve, uh, uh, serve mankind. And mankind is there to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So look for this Laylatul Qadr. Try at least to have one night. Even if you're able to choose it for yourself, that you wouldn't be ashamed to show this night to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If all of your deeds uh, count, uh, uh, you know, as 70 uh, something odd years worth of deed, that you don't have, uh, you know, if you don't have something in it that you're ashamed of to have been doing for 70 something years. Allah ta'ala forgive us for our shortcomings. Allah ta'ala forgive us for our shortcomings. 
for, for our shortcomings because of our weakness. But even to admit and understand and be beholden to your own shortcomings, this in and of itself is a great maqam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if a person is to realize that they're the, the most broken and the most uh, uh, useless and the most uh, uh, worthy of punishment from Allah ta'ala is amongst Allah ta'ala's slaves, uh, and it's true. Just the realization itself means that you have you have some station with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You're not completely disenfranchised and, and out in the out in the cold. Uh, you're still you're still you have something with Allah Taala. Uh, and so, uh, if a person has that, they may as well go with it and 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 build on it. So, with that, all of that being said, the uh, hikaya I wanted to share from uh, the Ma'arif Ma'arif Masnavi um, uh, is another story about Sultan Mahmud Ghaznavi. The legendary uh, Turkic warrior king uh, of Khurasan that conquered uh, that conquered a, a great swath of the uh, Indian subcontinent and uh, uh, destroyed the Somnath Temple and its uh, and its idol, um, uh, who was Mulaqab, who was given the uh, the laqab of Butshikan in the in the Persian language, the idol breaker. Um, that his 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 rough and tough uh, manly and jalali uh, kingship is uh, is a, a a kind of metaphor and mithal that is that is a standard uh, in in these uh, hikayat that uh, Molana uh, uh, that Molana tells. So the the hikaya is set up by Molana Hakim Akhtar, rahimahullah tabarakwa ta'ala. That one night Sultan Mahmud went walking amongst his subjects after taking off his royal clothes and putting on ordinary clothes. He chanced to come upon a group of thieves who were consulting amongst themselves. On seeing him, they asked, Who are you? The Sultan replied, I'm one like yourselves. They understood that to mean that he was also a thief like themselves and allowed him to join their company. They then continued the conversation amongst themselves, and it was decided that each one of them should explain what speciality or skill he possesses, so that at the time of need uh, of a task, uh, he could be put forth and uh, uh, show uh, his service through that uh, special skill to the group of thieves. One of the thieves said, Friends, I have a special gift. In my ears, whenever a dog barks, I fully understand what he says. The second one said, I have a special gift. In my eyes that whatever I see in the darkness of night, I am able to recognize it in the light of day. This is what I have a special gift in my eyes, that whatever I see in the darkness of night, I am able to recognize it in the light of day. The third one said, I have this specialty in my arms, that through the strength that lies therein, I can make a hole in the strongest of walls in order to enter any building. The fourth one said, I have a special gift in my nose, that by smelling the sand on the ground, I am able to ascertain whether there is any treasure buried underneath it or not. It is just like the case of Majnun, who without being told, merely by smelling the ground, uh, got to know where Layla was buried. Layla uh, passed away and Majnun went, to, went and found her grave through his ability to see her scent or smell her scent. The fifth one said, I have such strength in my hands that no matter how high a building is, I can climb along its walls with my rope, a ladder, and easily enter the building in such a manner. Thereafter, they all asked the sultan who was hidden to them that they didn't know, they didn't know he was a sultan. They asked him, Oh man, what special gift do you possess that we can make use uh, uh, of it in our thieving activities? Uh, the sultan replied, I have the speciality in my beard that when criminals are handed over to the executioner, I can merely uh, 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 shake my beard 
and such criminals are immediately set free. Uh, meaning what he 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 said this uh, this strange uh, uh, this strange ability to them, and they didn't think much of it. But being the king, uh, that was his gesture. That if he shakes his beard, the executioner would uh, would would not uh, execute the the criminals that are given the the, the capital punishment. Uh, on hearing this, the thieves they 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 they, they jokingly remarked to him. They said, "Oh dear Qutub, on the day of difficulty, you will be our only means of salvation." That they they said that wow, if you really have this magical power in your beard, you must be some kind of saint. Uh, so uh, uh, our our dear Qutub, uh, which is a, a wali of high rank, he says, "On the day of difficulty, if this thing you said that you can do is really uh, truly a, a, an ability you have, then uh, uh, you know when we when we're up against the wall, uh, we're going to need your help." Uh, in other words, if we are arrested, then through your blessings we will be saved. Now we do not have to fear because the rest of us have the special gifts that we have, which would help us in our thieving exploits. But none of us had the means to gra- of sa- granting safety from punishment. The specialty lies only with you. We now have no, near, need, have no fear of punishment, so we can get on with our work. They all went in the direction of the palace of Sultan Mahmud, with the king uh, in their midst, unbeknownst to them. Along the way, a dog barked, and the one who understood the language of dogs translated, uh, saying that the dog said, the king is also in your midst. Although they heard it, no one paid any attention to this information, as greed was their uppermost uh, thought in their minds. One of them smelled the ground and explained that such and such place is the road to the royal palace. There is a treasure in this place. Uh, The other one threw up a uh, rope ladder against the wall, the other one made a hole in the wall, and they all uh, entered to burgle, to, 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 to rob the place. Uh, afterward, they divided the loot amongst themselves, and hastily each one of them went to hide his share of the spoils. The king noted each one's description and found out where each of them resided. Uh, he left them secretly and re-entered the royal palace. The following day, the king related the entire story to his courtiers. Thereafter, he sent the police to arrest them and to inform them of their death sentence. When they were brought before the court with their hands bound together, they were all trembling in fear before the king's throne. However, the thief that had the special gift of recognizing anybody during the day that he had seen in the darkness was quite at ease. In him, together with the signs of fear, there were also signs of hope. In other words, although he was struck by awe while standing before the king, and although the king's wrath uh, and revenge uh, was to be feared, he also had hoped that the king would be true to his word, uh, that when in mercy he shakes his beard, criminals will be set free. Furthermore, he also had the hope of setting free all of his companions, because the king will surely not turn away from all of those who he knew and recognized. This person's face was changing from yellow to red, uh, uh, as uh, uh, within himself the feelings of fear and hope alternated. The Sultan Mahmud, uh, in his kingly dignity, passed judgment that they should all be handed over to the executioner to be hung in the gallows. As the Sultan himself was witness to their crime, there was no need for any other witnesses. As soon as the Sultan announced his judgment, this person appealed with great humility. Sire, with your permission, may I ask something? The Sultan permitted him to speak. He said, O Master, each one of us has exhibited his special gift which uh, helped in this crime. Now it is time that the kingly speciality should be exhibited according to the promise. I have all the while recognized you. Remember, you had promised that in your beard there is a speciality that if you cause it to move in mercy, the criminal will be saved from punishment. 
Hence, O King, shake your beard, so that through the blessings of your grace all of us can be saved from the punishment of our crimes. Our specialities have brought us to the gallows. Now it is only your special gift that is left which can save us from being punished. Now is the time for the exhibition of your speciality. Kindly shake your beard because of fear of our lives. Uh, the fear of our lives has reached up all the way to our mouths. Please save us with the special gift that lies in your beard. Sultan Mahmud smiled at the plea and became filled with mercy and grace as he heard their pitiful admission of guilt. He said, each of you have exhibited his special quality uh, to such an extent that it has brought you to the brim of destruction, except for in the case of this one. He recognized me as the Sultan. He saw me in the darkness of the night and recognized me as the Sultan. Hence, for his having recognized me, I set all of you free. I feel ashamed that those eyes which recognized me uh, 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 not to shake my beard and thereby exhibit my special quality. Molana Hakim Akhtar uh, says in commentary uh, with regards to this, Hikayah. The first lesson contained in this story is that while a person is committing a crime, the true king of kings is with him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you. Just like uh, the Sultan joined this uh, band of thieves uh, unbeknownst to them, uh, whether you and I uh, realize it or not, Allah Ta'ala is with us. And He is the King of Kings and He's fully aware of all that we do. Uh, he's with you wherever you are. When a person commits any disobedience to Allah, he's actually committing te- treachery against Allah. Anyone who fails in his duty to Allah or in, his, in the rights that are due to men is like a thief committing theft of Allah's treasures. For this reason, one should always bear in mind that the Master is the witness, seeing us at all times, and is aware of all that we do. If we commit any disobedience or iniquity, it means that in his very presence, his treasury is being robbed and looted. Think for a moment who you're robbing. The king and master tells you, I am seeing what you do. I am with you. My laws have been revealed to you. Today you are breaking that law. Today in this world, I will hide your fault, hoping that perhaps you will come upon the right road. But if you do not come to your senses, then tomorrow on the day of judgment, on the day of resurrection, when you will be brought before me with hands bound together, then who will be able to save you from my anger and revenge? The second lesson uh, from this story is that Allah will punish sinners in the hereafter, although he may initially overlook them in this world. We see that at the time the thieves were looting the royal treasury, the sultan witnessed the entire incident. He was with them and allowed them proceed, allowed them to proceed without being punished. However, in the end, he had them arrested. If at all times uh, this thought is uppermost in our minds, that Allah sees all of our deeds, then there will surely be fear in the heart against committing sins. The third lesson from this story is that on the day of uh, resurrection, no special quality will be of any benefit. All those deeds which contravene the laws of Allah will on the day of judgment and on the day of resurrection be bound around a man's neck, even though in this world they were considered as being special qualities. The thieves, the thieves mentioned those special gifts and qualities as if they were qualities of virtue that they, that they possessed. But in reality, those very qualities were the cause of their destruction. Each one of them exhibited their special quality, but all their qualities only caused their misfortune to increase. Any special quality which does not bring a person nearer to his creator uh, and which does not connect the heart to Allah and which is not a medium toward the remembrance of Allah is no quality uh, or a virtue. In fact, it is a curse and a misfortune. Uh, and you would be surprised. So many people, they have these skills that are essentially akin to stupid human tricks. 
Um, they have no redeeming quality in, fr- in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they're just a distraction. If a person is able to use those stupid human tricks in order to make an honest living or an able to, in, in order to do some sort of beneficial service for the deen, then those, uh, you know, those things will inshallah be uh, something more honorable uh, than just a stupid human trick. But if those things are used in order to uh, open the doors to the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they're, they're, they're a curse. And, you know, this is one of the things that the mashayikh in, uh, that I read from, they said that Islam teaches that nobody is born with a good nature or a bad nature. You just kind of are who you are. If you were born like a snake or if you were born like a lion or if you are born like a fox, all of these tendencies that Allah Ta'ala gave to a human being, these different dispositions that Allah gave to a human being, they're neither good or bad. You, it just depends on how you use them. If you use them for good uh, purposes in order to get closer to Allah, then uh, you know the snake that bites uh, uh, evil people uh, is 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 good. And if you use them in order to uh, uh, violate the sanctity of Allah's boundaries, then even the lion uh, who uh, uh, terrorizes the, the all the other animals in the jungle for for no reason. Uh, is is going to be uh, uh, cursed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So any special quality which does not bring a person nearer to his creation, creator uh, and which does not connect the heart to Allah uh, 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 and which is not a medium toward which the remembrance of Allah is made is no quality of virtue. In fact, it is a curse and misfortune. All the powers and attributes of man which are used in rebellion against the Lord and toward disobedience and negligence will one day cause him to be brought before Allah as a criminal. All those nations who have made great progress and through scientific invention have made this world subservient to them, but then turn away to Allah, passing their lives in disobedience, will realize on the day of resurrection whether that speciality of scientific progress had been the cause of receiving Allah's grace or His anger. Blessed be uh, to you the subjugation of the sun and the moon. But if there is no light in the hearts, then there's no light anywhere. The, the, the verse is quoted, Blessed be to you, Mubarak be for you the subjugation of the sun and the moon. But if there is no light in the heart, then there is no light anywhere. And this is not uh, to say that science is evil, which many people, uh, you know, they un- un- unfairly and ignorantly make a caricature of, uh, of those people who follow the path of deen, that they're somehow anti-progress or whatever. But the idea is what? That scientific progress is neither good nor evil. The scientific progress of an enlightened heart will be the means and the medium of spreading light. And the scientific progress of, uh, of an evil heart and of a dead heart will only uh, spread death and destruction. And if you don't believe me, go read history. The fourth lesson from this story is that no special quality will be of benefit except for that which leads toward recognizing Allah. Just like the person who having seen the Sultan recognized him. And through his special quality, he not only saved himself, but was able to intercede on behalf of his companions. As for his other companions, their special qualities became a means toward earning punishment. Only the, the quote, verse is quoted, only the sight of the fortunate one was of any use who recognized the Sultan during darkness and night. The lesson derived from that is this world is like a place of darkness. The darkness of this world, this is a really beautiful uh, analogy uh, that, that, that was made through the Hikaya, that the, the, the thief was able to recognize in the light um, that face that he saw in the darkness. That this world is darkness because all of the Jannah and Jahannam and the angels and Shaitan and Jinn, all these things are hidden from us in this world. But we know that they exist. 
Just like if a person, for example, dropped, uh, dropped their phone in the dark, um, just because they can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. They know it's there somewhere, even though they may have trouble finding it. Just like that, the hereafter is going to be a, a, a place that's, that, that you can see everything. Everything will be clear, uh, clear to you. All those realities that were real today will be real on that day as well. Uh, nothing changes, no reality changes. It's just that you can see it plainly without, without having to fumble through uh, the darkness. In the darkness of this world, every servant of Allah who follows the divine laws of the Sharia uh, and through its blessings recognizes Allah and will be provided with salvation against the punishment of the hellfire on the day of resurrection. This recognition, this recognition will also be a means toward intercession on behalf of other criminals amongst the sinners and people of faith. However, there should not be any pride and overconfidence in this recognition. In fact, one should alternate between fear and hope in utmost humility and beg for this intercession. Then Allah will accept this intercession from whoever He wishes according to His mercy. Uh, and, and this is a sign of hope that His mercy outstrips all other things. Who is the one who uh, will be given intercession uh, except for through His Permission. Allah Ta'ala make us uh, from those who Allah gives permission of intercession to and those who, uh, uh, who will be uh, interceded for uh, by those who He gives uh, intercession, uh, the permission of intercession to by His Father and His grace. Amin. Then Allah will accept this intercession from whoever He wishes according to His mercy. For those who he will not ex- from whom He will not accept this intercession, He will in perfect justice exhibit His overwhelming vengeance. May Allah Ta'ala protect us from being uh, the madhar and the, 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 the medium of his vengeance. Hence, in for, hence fortunate indeed is the person who in this world created with himself the knowledge of recognizing Allah. The arifin, the people who of gnosis, of the gnosis of the Lord, who through their spiritual efforts and exercises recognize Allah with their souls, will tomorrow on the day of resurrection see Allah and attain salvation. Furthermore, their intercession on behalf of other sinners will be accepted. But the disbelievers and criminals will, uh, through their special qualities, uh, quote-unquote, be admitted into the hellfire. On that day, these poor starving ones with pale faces, patched, and coarse clothing, who today are being ridiculed and jeered at, will feast their eyes upon, upon the face of Allah Ta'ala. On that day, uh, criminals will envy them and say, would that we had lived like them in this world and acquired their qualities would that we had recognized Allah properly. The fifth lesson is that the story also illustrates the high position these righteous and saintly ones have as far as their uh, humanity is concerned. What a pity it is that nations and people, just like those thieves, spend their short span of worldly lives looking upon means of delight and comfort as special gifts of accomplishment and look upon material progress as being actual progress. Whereas on the other hand, they have adopted uncouth habits uh, uh, like urinating while standing and cleaning themselves with paper after defecating rather than washing themselves. They also consider it normal to, be, to, take, to take a bath sitting in a tub and allow the water which has become dirty through be, being in contact with uh, the private parts to be drawn uh, uh, in their face, in their mouth and in their nose. They consider these actions to be norm, the norms of society. Can such people ever be considered to be cultured and people of progress? 
what a pity it is that the beloved cultural ways of the Muslims should be cast aside uh, and that such a despicable ways of, uh, of people who neither know Allah or His Rasul وسلم, should be uh, adopted. And this, this last paragraph is definitely the ghayrah of the, the, the people from Darul Islam when being confronted with the uh, savage and uh, uncultured and uncivilized ways of kufr. Um, uh, when, when confronted with them showing their, their disgust. Allah Ta'ala teach all of us a better way of living wherever we come from. Uh, so Mulana makes a Mulana Hakim uh, Akhtar makes a dua in the end of his uh, his entry. He says, "Oh Allah, let just rulers be appointed to rule over us, who will introduce uh, and who will uh, who will bring uh, 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 your sacred law and punish those who uh, 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 who neglect it, uh, and let uh, uh, them punish uh, 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 punish those who neglect it." Let him order the uh, closure of all places uh, that distract people from Allah Ta'ala and honor and protect those people that bring people to his, uh, to his remembrance. Ameen. Wa sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.